Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Megan Fenyoy. Megan Fenyoy is an Air Force veteran, best-selling author, licensed clinical mental health therapist, LCSW speaker, host of the Blonde Bombshell Podcast and I Am Enough TV, and the founder and CEO of the international I Am Enough movement. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here and to connect with you again. Um, yes, so I'm excited. Likewise, it's an honor to have you here today and I truly enjoyed having you be a part of the global virtual panel for domestic violence survivors. Your story was very powerful and I'm glad you're here today to share it with us as well. Now, can you start off by telling us more about you and where you're from? Yes. Um, so I am, I've been a mental health therapist for over 15 years. I'm originally from Michigan, um, but made this crazy decision to join the Air Force as an officer uh, when I was 33 years old. And I got stationed in California. Um, I'm no longer in the Air Force, uh, but that's what got me to California. And I now live in San Diego uh, and provide mental health treatment. I have my own private mental health practice and also work uh, as a contractor for uh, a doctor's office with chronic pain. So I see patients about 35 hours a week. That's my that's my full-time gig. I love it. Now, Andrea Rojas, who's, who was also part of the DV panel with us, says, hello. Hello, Andrea. Thank you for listening Hi, in. Andrea. Yes. Now, Megan, can you tell us more about your experience serving in the Air Force? Oh, well, it's very short. Um, so I, like I said, I, I had been a therapist for 10 years uh, and just always had this, like, ever since I was a kid, I'd always wanted to move to California. And once I got licensed as a therapist in Michigan, it was really hard for me to move to a different state. But this um, opportunity for me to join the Air Force kind of fell in my lap. And I've always had such an amazing um, respect for military, active duty members, veterans, and so I took this leap of faith. Like I said, I was 33. It was in 2012 and commissioned as an officer. So I was a captain uh, and provided mental health uh, and substance abuse treatment to active duty members. So I moved my entire life from Michigan to California uh, and was stationed at Travis Air Force Base. I love it. Now tell us more about your international I Am Enough movement. Well, on top of my crazy story, uh, when I was in California, I um, met my now ex-husband. Uh, I was involved in a very narcissistic, abusive marriage um, and walked away from him two and a half years ago after losing my six-figure income. And so February of 2018 was kind of like my rebirth. I literally lost everything and ended up writing um, my best-selling book, but during that process, I was also in my own therapy, uh, working on rebuilding from the trauma that I had experienced in my in my marriage, and um, really struggled with that belief that I am I was enough at that point. And so, fast forward um, after my book launched, it was six months after I walked away from my ex husband. Um, I, as a therapist, talk about the power of visual coping skills and how we have to change our negative thoughts by sometimes reading something that we write or reading something that someone wrote us to distract our mind. It's what we call cognitive restructuring. 
And so I came up with this idea to provide visual coping skills to people, had no idea how this was going to take off. Uh, but a year after I walked away from my ex-husband, I developed these cards and it says, I am enough. Wait, let me zoom in. Bring it closer, Megan. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> there we I'm go. Enough. And then on the back, it has the word because with three lines. <laughs> and I just started like handing these out to people and literally and doing a lot of interviews and, and just promoting it all over. And within a year, we I had sent over 7,000 of these cards to 22 countries in all 50 states. So the I Am Enough movement is literally in 22 countries. So what does that mean? That means that people basically heard about the movement from doing interviews like this or what have you uh, and went onto the website and ordered their free I Am Enough cards. You get five of these for free. And so I'm like, okay, that is amazing. Like I had no idea like that was where it was going to go. But then I kind of started feeling stuck because I was paying for this out of my own pocket, which was fine. Um, but I wanted to do more. And financially, I wasn't able to do that because I was still rebuilding from, you know, I had to file for bankruptcy when I left my ex and like just rebuilding from all of that. And so someone, one of my friends said, have you ever thought about turning the movement into a nonprofit? And Gigi, I'm a therapist. I, I don't know anything really about owning a business. Um, I tried the coaching thing as well, but I just, I just like to help people. I don't want to deal with the business aspect of it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. But here I am uh, in September of 2019, the I Am Enough movement became a 501c3 nonprofit. So um, we are currently raising money to build a domestic violence shelter here in San Diego and other shelters throughout the country uh, called Freedom Haven. So that's a very long answer to your question, but that's the gist. <laughs> I love it. No, thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us. Now, you mentioned that you were in a domestic violence relationship. For the audience that's listening, what are some signs and red flags that you would advise them to look out for? Well, that is a, a, a very good question. Um, and I was more involved in the narcissistic emotional abuse. Uh, there was some physical abuse, um, but I think narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic abuse uh, is just starting to get talked about, I think. Um, I do think that some people throw that word out there very easily. Uh, and there are some very, very important characteristics that, you know, before you just call someone a narcissist, right? And so um, there were lots of signs that I ignored uh, in the time that I was with him, especially uh, the name calling and the lying, I would catch him in so many lies and literally he would make me think like I was the crazy one. Um, just not having access to his life. Like it was a little opposite. He was not controlling to me, which you usually kind of hear with emotional abuse, like the control. He literally pretty much let me do whatever I wanted, but he would not let me into his life. So the more I tried to build a relationship with him, the further he pulled away from me and like, I was just kind of like this thing in his house. Like I, you know, he like took away all my access to electronics and like all of this stuff. Like I literally had, I literally was like a roommate trying to be a wife and then was told that I was crazy and delusional and insane and all of these things. Um, so that was definitely a red flag is like, 
if someone is literally telling you blatant lies, if they have no remorse, if they really are not sorry for what they do. Um, and one of the biggest things with narcissistic abuse is like the love bombing. So like love bombing means, and this is what happened when I met my ex, is that we had this whirlwind of a marriage or of a relationship and we met and we were married within 11 months. And then that was the love bombing. Like he, he would send me flowers every week. He had, we had a beautiful wedding in Napa, like anything I wanted, I got if I wanted it. But then with, once we got married, the cycle of the narcissistic abuse, which is the the discarding and the gaslighting started within like six months. I mean, I would say within three months of us getting married, like I would catch him in more lies. He would like literally just like that. He would discard me. Like he kicked me out of our house twice. He, he had an affair and told, you know, made it look like it was my fault. And like, just all of these lies and like everything. And it literally slowly started eating at my soul. It was, it was horrific. And so if this is something that maybe you know of someone or maybe you in your life, you're struggling and you're wondering if this is your partner or someone in your life, like I really strongly recommend like doing some research on the gaslighting and the love bombing and the actual cycle of narcissistic abuse. It's the same cycle basically as the, the um, physical you know, violence, the physical wheel of abuse. Uh, it's just got a different wording because it's the emotional piece. Um, but anytime anyone is controlling you, anytime anyone is literally calling you names, making you feel like you are nothing, um, those are some really big red flags. If they're like, you know, not letting you into like computers or, you know, maybe there's some financial abuse, that kind of stuff. There's just instability of moods like my ex became so angry and moody and it just it changed so quickly uh but i wanted to make the marriage work you know i was 34 and did everything i could to make it work um even though you know i had my faults too you know i always have to say that like i was not a perfect angel uh, i have some i got some anger stuff and so, um, you know, I didn't just sit there and let him do some of these things, uh, but it got, I kind of like let my guard down and got a little bit more timid and shy and just backed into a corner as it went on longer. Uh, and I just allowed it. I, I think I kind of fought more at the beginning and then I just like that emotional aspect of the abuse just set in and I just kind of like let it go and just let him do what he was doing to me. Very inspiring. Now tell us more about your book, You Are Enough. And when did you realize you are enough after everything that happened, Megan? So um, about three weeks after I walked away from my ex, like I said, I got into therapy. And I had always wanted to write something, but I didn't really think I was going to write a book and literally, literally was not planning on writing a book right after I walked away from my ex-husband. But that's what happened. Um, I wrote, the book is called You Are Enough, Five Steps to Move from Struggle to Strength. And these five steps um, were the steps that I went through when I was doing my trauma work, my healing work. So these steps are literally ones that I did. I wrote that book in the worst, most difficult, yet most amazing five months of my life, you know, because I literally was at ground zero and then had to rebuild. And so uh, the book is raw and real, and it just really focuses on how do you move 
from your struggle into your strength and begin to believe that you're enough when something like traumatic happens, whether it be a relationship, health issue, career, what have you. Um, and for me, that realization became, the reason why I did the coping cards is because when I started my trauma work, I literally started writing on note cards why I was enough. And for me, it was at that point, it was literally, I am enough because I got out of bed that morning. I had to start somewhere. I, it was like ground zero. And I was like, I was enough because Jesus woke me up in the morning, right? And I got out of bed. Like that made me enough. Like for me, like that was enough. And as I continued to work on this statement, my belief changed and I really, and, and so did the actual statement. But I think one of the defining moments for me was in therapy with that acceptance phase. And so I'm actually writing my second book, which will be out next year, where it really focuses more on the acceptance part of it. But it was literally when I realized that the closure that I was looking for had nothing to do with him. Like I, I was not going to get the closure from him. He was never going to admit to anything he did. And so when I realized that that closure actually was closing the person that I became when I was with him, once I was able to identify and accept that I am no longer that person, that to me was the pivotal point in my life where I literally was able to focus on truly what it meant for me to be enough because I was no longer that person. And I, I it's not that I'm like okay with what happened. I still, you know, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. I still have nightmares and symptoms and things like that. But that's the difference with acceptance is that I acknowledge that it happened, but I don't let it take me out. And so that was the pivotal point that really allowed me to like move forward and begin to believe that I was enough. Amen. Now you mentioned God. How important is your relationship with oh God? God? I mean, like he's my number one. Like I was very blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Um, and it's awesome. My roommate, uh, is a Christian. Her dad's a pastor. And, uh, we actually last year, part of my journey was to read the Bible, uh, in the, in the whole year, even though I had been in the Bible, you know, for so many years, but it was really cool to like read it with my room, my best friend. Uh, and so Jesus is my Lord and savior. He is at the first, like the foundation of everything that I do. And to be honest for the six years that my, I was with my ex. We were only married for two and a half, but he was in my life a total of six years. Um, I went to church. Uh, he didn't go to church with me. I think that was my number one, one red flag. Uh, but God was literally showing me all of these signs. And I knew it deep down in my heart, but I literally was not listening. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Because I knew what he was telling me to do. I knew he was telling me to leave. And I'll never forget, Gigi, this is like one of my favorite stories ever. Tell me. Tell us February, about it. February 15th. Well, no, it was a couple of days before that. So in February 2018, my ex came to San Diego to see me. This was the first time in six years I prayed this prayer because I had just lost my six-figure job. He was still doing his thing up in Northern California. And I just, but literally I pulled up to the airport and I literally prayed this prayer. I said, okay, Lord. If this is not meant to be, if he is not supposed to be in my life, you need to show me. The divorce and the affair wasn't enough for me to walk away. And Gigi, let me tell you, within 24 hours, and my roommate, who's my best friend now, literally 
flew in the next day. So this is an actual true story because she actually saw this happen. So literally 24 hours later, he's sitting in my apartment and I find out that he moved in another woman, not the girl he had an, an affair with, but another woman a month before our divorce was final, bought her a brand new car and she had been living in our home for the two years that we were still together after our divorce was final. I never went back to our house or anything, so I didn't even know she existed. But I found out, it was literally after 24 hours after saying that prayer, and that I kicked him out of my house and I've had no contact with him since. And that was February 15th of 2018. And literally, God was literally telling me for so many years and I just wasn't listening. And the minute I did, everything changed. I mean, it hasn't been easy by any means, but God has blessed me with this story to be able to share so that I can help people believe that they're enough. So I know that you are a woman of faith as well. And that's why I love our relationship too, because I love being able to just talk freely about this. Amen. Yes, ma'am. I am a Christian as well. And as you mentioned, it is important to listen to him. Hence, I wrote my book, God First, because I want to raise awareness in regards to keeping him first. So thank you for raising awareness about listening to him. It's very important. And it's scary. It's yes. scary that literally he knows what he's doing. It may not seem like it in the moment, but he does. 100%. Amen. Well, he knows the plans he has for you. Yes, ma'am. Now, Megan, what is your why that keeps you going? Oh gosh. <laughs> I my there's so many, but it's it's my story. It's why I went through what I went through. You know, I truly believe that God put me through this to be able to bless people. Like I've always had this heart to want to help people. I mean, I've been doing that for 15 years as a therapist, but there was something meant there was something more that was meant for me. And so my why is cuz believe me, Starting a nonprofit, I've had to remind myself, what is my why? Because there's, I'm learning all of this new stuff and it's really confusing and it can be stressful and it's like, but my why is literally this. My why is because every single one of us has struggled with that thought of not being enough. Men, women, kids, elderly, it doesn't matter. And my why is literally to spread the encouragement to as many people as I can to help them believe that they're enough. I love it. Very powerful. Now, Megan, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment? Oh my gosh, so many. Uh, yeah. Um, Which one sticks out the most in your mind? The aha moment when I prayed the prayer, for sure, you know, because it was like 24 hours later and then everything fell apart. Um, I've had a lot of aha moments. I just think, like, I have a learning disability. So um, I have an eighth grade reading level and an eighth grade math level. And my guidance counselor in high school told me I should never go to college because I wasn't going to gra graduate college. And I think I remember like when I got my master's degree uh, with a 4.0 as a social worker and then licensed in two states by, by you. And then when I graduated and I like sent him a copy of my diploma with a letter that was like, don't ever say this to anyone again, like blah, blah. That was an aha moment that another aha moment that I had another, I have a, another story to share about, you know, going through adversity, like with a disability, you know, and college and school was very hard for me, but it was that aha moment where I actually like finally got a 4.0 for the first time in my entire life. 
my last semester in my master's program and then sent him a copy of my diploma. Very powerful and inspiring. So it seems as though you you really never gave up. Here you are with your master's. So for the audience that's listening, what's your best advice to keep going no matter what? You literally have to work so hard on overcoming your limiting beliefs. And as a therapist, that is like my core, like as a therapist, like if anyone works with me, like that's what we do at the beginning. It's like literally, I'm actually doing a TED talk in January and I'm doing two of two steps to move from your core beliefs. That is, that's it. It's literally everything that we think affects our behavior, our actions and our decisions. And so for someone that feels stuck or someone that feels because the world, you guys, can we just admit the world is just a mess right now. And it's the depression and the anxiety and everything like we have to learn these skills. And so I, the number one thing I say is have a lot of co uh, coping skills in your tool belt, which includes learning how to combat these limiting self-beliefs, because that is what's going to keep you stuck. And for me, it did. It, it kept me stuck for six years that I am enough mindset where I literally felt like not just that I wasn't a good wife, but that I wasn't a good therapist. I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good daughter. Like it, it affected every area of my life. And so that is my biggest advice is to seek out help or education and really working every minute of the day. It, it's a lot of work, uh, but it's literally going to change your life. And that's what's going to keep you from moving forward is that overcoming those limiting beliefs. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Now tell us more about what gives you happiness in your life. Oh my gosh. Um, palm trees and sunshine. One of the reasons why I moved to San Diego. Um, I love helping people. I love meeting people. That gives me happiness and hearing their stories. Uh, my roommate, my best friend makes me happy. We have lots of fun. We've literally been quarantined together since March and we haven't killed each other yet. So that's cool. <laughs> um, I love the beach. I love being outside. Um, you know, there's just so many things that make me happy. I love doing things for people. I love buying presents and just doing nice things for people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. There's just lots of stuff that makes me happy. And my Jesus, of course, he makes me happy too. Yes, ma'am. I love it. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Always be bold, be brave, be unapologetically you because you are enough. That's what I always say. Like that is how you literally walk through life with purpose is when you learn to believe all of these things and walking and being bold and brave and literally not apologizing for who you are. That is how you walk through life with purpose. Amen. You are enough. Megan, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I appreciate you. Now, thank where can the audience find you? You're welcome. Yes, and you're gonna you were on our podcast. So yes. your episode is coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, you were on the Blonde Bombshell podcast. So I think it's coming out right after Christmas. So you guys will have to check that out. Um, so the easiest way to get me is Megan Fenyo. Everything Instagram is Megan Fenyo, my website, meganfenyo.com. If you want to order your free I Am Enough coping cards, you can go to IamEnoughMovement.info. Um, last minute Christmas gifts, we have some awesome I Am Enough bracelets and t-shirts. All proceeds go to the I Am Enough Movement nonprofit. 
Uh, again, that's imnfmovement.info. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Megan at meganfenoy.com and all of her social media handles as well. And make sure to get your sticker. Can we see it one more time, Megan? Show it to us. <laughs> I'm zooming in. I am enough. I love it. Thank you, Megan. Have a blessed day. Thank you. You too.